0: Hello and welcome to Bell Direct's Meet the Analyst series here. I'm Grady Wolfe, Market Analyst at Beldirect. Now, looking into the healthcare sector, healthcare stocks were the stocks of the moment in 2020 as a lot of healthcare companies around the world stopped what they were doing to create this vaccine to combat the coronavirus and return life to normal as we know it. Fast forward to 2023 and a lot of companies have had to diversify, change what they were doing to accommodate and focus on what governments around the world are looking to prioritize in healthcare spaces. So cancer, immunotherapy, wound care, the list goes on. Now joining me today to talk about the changes in the healthcare industry and specific stocks is Dr Tara Speranza, a healthcare analyst at Bell Potter. Dr Tara, thank you for joining me today and uh, exciting times in the healthcare space in 2023. Thanks
1: very much for having
0: me. Greg. No worries, tell us about your journey in analysing and becoming a healthcare analyst.
1: So I have a background in molecular biology, so about uh, almost 20 years ago, don't want to give away my age, <laughs> I completed a PhD in medicine at the University of Sydney, focusing specifically on new molecular molecules to treat uh, endocrine controlled muscular skeletal diseases, big one of course being osteoporosis, and uh, um, my supervisor and I did develop a molecule that the French pharmaceutical company, Servier, actually took to market. So still on the market, probably not the world's greatest osteoporosis drug, so we now have much better drugs. However, it's a good drug for those that don't respond to the better, newer biologic drugs. So this background took me uh, sort of around the world, presenting research and working in laboratories until eventually I came back to Australia, ran my own laboratory at the University of Sydney for over 10 years, um, uh, where I also did a lot of teaching. So I would teach science, medicine, dental, nursing and bioengineering students. So a lot of the background is not just the research I did in my lab but also having to teach those students over and over and over about all the different uh, physiological systems in the body. So uh, you know this was a lot of work and the teaching took up a lot of time and it took up the thing that I loved which is the research. So what I also used to do on the side with you know my husband and our personal um, finances is do some trading um, and in particular with biotech stocks. So I would follow the ASX biotech stocks very closely yeah. until one day I, I made the jump and I um, began an MBA in finance wow. uh, with the, my eye on the prize of becoming a healthcare analyst.
0: Wow, so anything to do with health, Tara is your lady. Now, what goes into analysing a company? And you have so much experience in healthcare and from the ground up, really. So what goes into analysing a company and getting to the end goal of rating and price target?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. The first and most important thing is to determine whether or not the company has... Um, either a molecule if it's a drug or pure biotech or a device that addresses a problem that we don't have a good solution for. So two questions. One, is there anything available at all? Or the other question a company might ask themselves and I would ask of the company is, is what they have something that is either better than what's available already or is it as good as as but safer. So, they're, they're the first two questions I ask them to answer that question. I look at the literature and what's available, and then I look at the company's own uh, research, their, any papers they've published, their pre clinical research. Also, what stage of clinical research are they up to? Is it phase one? Are they finished phase three? Have they submitted to the FDA? And what's their plan? Also, have they had experience in doing that before? Or are they partnering with perhaps a tier one farmer who might deploy some of their own expertise for that company so these are all the sorts of things that go into my risk evaluation of the company then of course I need to be determining what the total addressable market or the TAM is for that disease or that whatever the test is testing for Um, and then these work into my model on top of pricing so then i price the device or the model and this is based on precedent so what's gone before so These are all the things that come in. I end up with a value that I push forward in a DCF or a discount cash flow model into the future and then I discount by that particular um, discount that I've calculated via those risk factors.
0: What area of the healthcare industry are you most excited about heading into 2023?
1: Well, it's not necessarily perhaps one of the stocks we're going to talk about today but the area that I think is really interesting is um, looking at drugs uh, that are treating oncological diseases cancer treatments is what wow. I'm talking about. The reason I like this is because I think big pharma, or large tier one pharma are really looking for um, the antidote to chemotherapy. So chemotherapy being gold standard, but it's also, there's a few problems. If Most people know somebody who's had a cancer that's had to take chemotherapy at some point. It's pretty nasty. Mm -hmm. And the other problem with chemotherapy is the durability is not great. So people, particularly if it's stage 3 or beyond cancer, they have chemotherapy and whilst it looks very good, when we look at the clinical trial data, the durability doesn't last. So usually cancer comes back you know, in a year's time, yeah. so we're looking for drugs that have lower toxicity profiles, so less side effects, but also have longer durability, and I think, you know, we've touched on immunotherapies, Keytruda, yeah. a big blockbuster drug, you know, and there are a few more like that, but I think we've got more to find, we might be looking at, yes, more immunotherapies, but maybe cellular therapies, yeah. viral oncolytics, these are the sorts of things that I'm really We'll
0: have to follow along as well now. Now we'll go more stock specific. So OrthoCell, you have just initiated coverage of OrthoCell, a Perth-based biotech company focused on products aimed at treating musculoskeletal diseases and peripheral nerves. Oh yeah, peripheral nerves. So what drew you to this company and
1: tell me about your analysis so far. So, as I've mentioned, I had a background in endocrine control and musculoskeletal diseases and, uh, you know, I talked about osteoporosis with you. I also worked with one of my PhD students on dental implants and we ran many experiments in rats on dental Mm -hmm. implants. And I actually know one of the founders of this company, not so much personally, but more that I have been to many conferences where he and his students have presented. So, Min Hao is, I think, is one of the... um, uh, particularly good Australian bone research scientists yep. and he has come up with this current CEO of the company they founded this company originally uh, and I have sort of followed it from the start I like the idea of putting resorbable collagen-based membranes into the body as opposed to titanium uh, blocks and things like this. So I think it's a really good way forward. So this is what drew me to the company.
0: Now, July 2022 was a huge time for OrthoCell signing a 25-year exclusive agreement for its Striate product. How significant was this for the company and how did this weigh into your analysis of the company?
1: Sure. So there are about five huge what we call implant companies in the world, and BioHorizons happens to be one of them. So when they announced the BioHorizons deal, I knew that their distribution was not going to be a problem. they already have pathways to distribution on one of the big five implant companies. What more could you want for a small Aussie biotech?
0: Absolutely. And FY23 is looking to be a massive year for Opusel. They've got TGA approval in 2022 for their Rempler device, or Remplier device. Yeah. And what impact do you think this is going to have on performance in 23?
1: So I think this is a good start, but I want you to remember that the Australian market is never one of the biggest markets, so 25 million, 26 million people, it's not the huge market, yeah. but it's a really good precedent. So they've also needing to finish a particular clinical trial using the red clear and the peripheral nerves, and they are almost completed it, and the interim data, so the data that we've got sort of dribbling through as the study completes, has shown really good progress. We think it's a... Very good product. In Australia, there's only one other product in competition on the market, so these guys got a really good chance of moving through. I've got them pushing up to taking 30% Mm -hmm. penetration or 30% of the market in Australia over the next decade. Could be more. So 2023 is the year to watch at the yeah. moment. Um, lastly, you have a spec by rating on the company and a price target of 55 cents. Mm-hmm. How did you come to this conclusion? So this is based on these, the company's um, uh, the particular products that they use that we've talked about. It's uh, uh, the collagen membrane that they use both for the peripheral nerve and for the dental implants. This is a, an Australian porcine-based collagen product. So a few things here. The US love Australian-based products mm-hmm. for the body yep. because we don't or never have had mad cows disease or any yeah. bad animal disease yes. so it's always a good thing when you say it's an Australian yeah. or New Zealand animal product for human clinical um, implantation yeah. for example so that's the first good thing. Um, the, profit, the, the profit margin on this product is around about 95% so it's very cheap to make once they start making it yeah. and the guys over at Authorsale have just completed a new manufacturing facility in their factory which wow. increases their units up to 100000 per annum on top of doing. So I think that you know, my, uh, you know, talked about the um, profit margin on the on the product, the, the number that they're making, the BioHorizons deal driving brand new sales for this year, and all of these things, and eventually rent clear as well in the US with that very small Australian market already starting. These are all the things that factor in. Um, their risk factors that I talked about before when I risk a company. Yeah forward values it's a very low risk given that they own they have approval in australia and they almost complete their clinical trial for the red nerve study dr tara sparenza thank you so much for your time today
0: i hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as i did filming it thanks so much great that was great